something and I realize that it is true. That the strength of the devil, the strength of evil is our ignorance. Yeah. The strength that evil has over you is based on your level of ignorance. Because the more ignorant you are, the stronger evil has over you. I don't know if I'm helping somebody. Yeah. You know, so when it comes to spiritual things, the devil desires that we'll be ignorant. Because the more ignorant we are, the easier it is for him to manipulate and do whatever he wants to do with us. Yeah. There's nothing like a praying Christian. There's nothing like an anointed Christian. There is nothing like a spiritual Christian. I tell you this every time. Life is spiritual. I know we see brick and mortar, we see flesh, we see skin, but life is spiritual. You and I, we are spiritual. We are spiritual. Life, the, the machinations of life, is that a way? Yes. Yeah, I think so. It's spiritual. You understand? Yeah. Sometimes we are fighting with people, we are quarreling people because we are looking at humanness. We are looking at body. We are looking at human beings. Not thinking of what is the motivation? Where is this coming from? What spirit is currently operating in me? Tell your neighbor life is spiritual. Tell your neighbor you are spiritual. I am emphasizing this because some of us take the things of God wantonly, lightly. Do you understand? With, without much respect, without much reverence for God, for the Holy Spirit, without much reverence for ourselves. If you realize that you are a spiritual being, with might, spiritual might, you won't let every little situation and sin overtake you. It's our ignorance of our strength. It's our ignorance of who we are. It's our ignorance of who God is in our life. That makes, you know, one day they were interviewing um, Robert Mueller. How many of you know him? He was the CIA, FBI director in America. And he was being interviewed and um, they asked him how come he was able to interview and get um, Donald Trump's um, head of defense under oath to say so many things. And you know what he said? He said that when they came into the White House, he realized that Trump and all his team didn't have a clue. So he realized it was the best opportunity to go because any other uh, government he would have had to follow a lot of protocol. But he knew that these people, they don't even know what the protocol is. So he just went in there and said, can I talk to you? And he said, yeah, you can talk to me. He said, I said, I'm pressing record. He said, yeah, I press record. He said, we couldn't have done this in any other. And so sometimes the devil has come to you because he knows that you are ignorant. He knows that he cannot go and do this next door. But he knows that as for your door, you don't know what is going on. You don't know how the thing works. You don't know that you are not supposed to give him the chair to sit on. You don't know that you're supposed to bang the door in his face. But the next door, they know. So in fact, he tried it and it wasn't, they almost got him. Yeah. 
may we not be ignorant. Yeah, may we not be ignorant. There's a level of ignorance that must be lifted up us. Yeah. There's a level of ignorance because, you see, otherwise you'll be a Christian and not have much to show for it. You may have a lot physically, you may have money to show for it, but in terms of your faith and your Christian walk, you may not have much to show for it. And it's out of ignorance. Do you understand? It's out of ignorance. Most of us struggle to pray. We struggle to spend time. Even this morning, we said, let's be still in the presence. Some of us were thinking, how long are we going to be standing? You know, she should say something. Does she have a message? If she has a message, she should let the message flow. If she doesn't have a message, she should tell her that she doesn't have a message and we'll help her somehow, you know? Yeah. But it just shows that we don't even reverence the presence of God. Do you understand? And this is not, we, we are taught it in church, but we are supposed to practice it at home and in our lives. That is why sometimes we have outbursts because we don't know how to be still. We don't know how to bring self under control. We don't know how to manage. Do you understand? Yeah. But if you spend a lot of time with God, you realize that it becomes a lifestyle you have. Because sometimes when you go to God to even discuss something, he can be quiet for a long time. And you have to also patiently wait for a long time. Hello, Chris. I'm happy to see you. Very, very, very happy to see you. And I'm also sad to see you. Today, as we are about to wrap up temporarily on grace, I just felt that it is so important for us to know that it wasn't a series, a couple of weeks message that we had. Do you understand? Because every month, so much is taught us. So much, Wednesday, Sunday, so much is taught us. You must be able to sit down and reflect, what have I used it for? What impact has it had on my life? Yeah, as a church, CICC, we are not a church where, you know, somebody is going to carry you spiritually for the rest of your life. It is not scriptural. At a point, you have to lay down the foundations and move on to higher things. At a point, you must be able to teach others. At a point, you must be able to pray for somebody. At a point, you must be able to take care of somebody. At a point, you must be able to explain scripture to somebody. Yeah. Can't be. You have headache, pastor, pray for me. You have backache, pastor, pray for me. You have a leg. Yeah. That whole process is supposed to teach you. Can you imagine that you feed your child? Breast milk, you feed your child bottle milk, you feed your child with a spoon. Then they are 34, they come, they open their mouth, they're waiting for their rice to go in. It is wrong. You will be worried that your 34 year old son is holding his plastic spoon. No, 34, 34, 34. Then when you have one that's really small, he doesn't even want to touch, even though it's a bottle that he can even hold and just suck, he wants you to put that bottle in his mouth. Yeah. I had a nephew that he, he was about four years, and I went to visit them, and then the nanny, you know, will iron his things to wear. That's fine. 
will prepare his breakfast, whatever I give, that's fine. Then one morning I turned and I realized that the nanny was holding his uh, beaker of hot chocolate in his mouth. I kicked the, <laughs> I kicked the cup. <laughs> I said, what kind of foul spirit is that? And I told them, never hold this bottle again. If you won't drink it, let him be thirsty. And then the mother was like, sometimes when he wakes up, he doesn't have much strength. <laughs> you, you see how funny it sounds. You see how funny it sounds. Yeah. The devil made me look at some of us who cannot pray for ourselves. We cannot read scripture for ourselves. We cannot spend time. Every time we are chasing spiritual things, instead of settling even the one we have, we are not using it for much. We are wanting more. We are wanting more. We want to see manifestation. Hey, it's powerful. Hey, she fell down. Hey, she's walking. Come out of the room. Hey. We have there's so much grace available to us that we cannot be idle and let, you know, this week, all the books I was reading, they were really hitting my neck and my back, you know, and other places, you know, because the same, you know, I was reading, one of the things I also saw was the fact that because of our ignorance of value of time, we we, we compartmentalize time in periods or in seasons. Do you understand? That's why we celebrate 10th anniversary, 20th anniversary, 50th, do you understand? 25 years in marriage, 30 years, you know, in whatever. You know, since I started drinking, this is my 45th year. Since I started smoking, this is my 20th year. Since I started womanizing, this is my 6th year. You know, we, we categorize things in various but what you don't realize is that your 10th anniversary is based on 365 days times 10. Do you understand? It's even based on 60 minutes times 324 hours times 60, 365 times 10. Prince, try and calculate me. Prince was like, ow, I knew she was coming. To yeah. So our ignorance is the fact that we don't realize that it don't, stop saying things like it was just 30 minutes. I only was spent two hours on Facebook. I only spent, now I've even, I don't even go on it much. Maximum 15, 20 minutes. Maximum 15, 20 minutes. Maximum 15, 20. Maximum 15. Do you know what period that is? But we don't value that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, oh, it's 10 years. But what happened? It didn't just, 10 years didn't just come. It came by minutes. Came by minutes. Right now we are in church, we are hearing the word of God. Somebody's also sleeping. Same hours. Yeah. And by the time we finish church, they might probably still be sleeping. Then when they get up, they will watch a few Netflix. And then they'll go back to sleep. And then tomorrow they'll go to work. We've all spent a day. We'll spend tomorrow. Tomorrow, some of us will try and fast. Some two will try and eat and eat and eat. Yeah. But we're all spending our days. Because today, what I really want to 
talk about. You know, we started talking about the attributes of grace. We talked about the spirit of grace. I wanted to give us maybe two more. Maybe we'll talk about the purity and the power of grace. The purity and the power of grace. Our main scripture that we had been using, John chapter 1, verse 16, 17, says that for out of his fullness, his abundance, we have all received, all had a share, and we are all supplied with grace. One grace after another, and spiritual blessing after spiritual blessing, and even favor upon favor, and gift upon gift. For while the law was given through Moses, grace, an end, undeserved favor, and spiritual blessing and truth came through Jesus Christ. And that description of an end, unmerited, is one of the things that brings out the purity of grace. Grace is pure. Tell somebody that grace is pure. Yeah. Grace is not a mixture of divine benevolence and kindness and, you know, favor together with human effort. Grace has no human effort in it. Grace has no human effort in it. You know, we'll look at a few scriptures in Romans. We'll see Abraham. We'll see when Rebecca had her children. You realize that grace precedes us. Grace is with us. Grace is after us. Do, do, do you understand? You know, as we were even singing the song, I will be still. Because we think that, oh, just being still. It is not easy to be still. It is, that is for everything we want to put our human effort inside. Everything we want to put our human effort inside. So it's like, we're going to fast for a week. Now you are calculating how I'm going to stay hungry and how I'm going to. Everything we want to add human effort inside it. Romans 4, the Bible says, I'm going to read the NLT first, verse 2 to 5. It says that if his good deeds, so he's talking about Abraham. If his good deeds had made him acceptable to God, he would have had something to boast about. Do you understand? Sometimes that is the case of even having certain blessings because it makes you take it. Do you understand? As I have done, it says that, but that was not God's way. For the scripture tells us Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. Verse 4 says that when people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they have earned. But people are counted as righteous not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. When people work, their wages are not a gift. When you see your pay slip, it's not out of the deep love that your boss has for you or the company has for you. It is about because of your sweat and your toil that you have invested for 31 days or whether you are paid weekly, seven days or whatever. It is your toil and your sweat and it is what they are giving to you in exchange for the work you have done, in exchange. Grace is not given in exchange. Grace is not given subject to. Grace does not exist because. We should not try and put ourselves into grace. <laughs> do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, that we were part of the organization of grace. We were part of the manipulation of grace. 
Human beings, we have manipulated so much, so much that we are, anything that comes near us or we get to know, we are finding ways to manipulate it. Yeah. We manipulate people. We manipulate things. I've written here that those whose faith is in their works and their ability do not need grace. And in fact, normally they neither do they acknowledge grace. Those whose faith is in their works and in their abilities do not need grace. And neither do they acknowledge it. Because I'm strong enough, I'm fit enough. And if 2020 did not teach us something that your ability and your ableness and, you know, that can only take you that far, then I think that you have something coming. 2020 destroyed a lot of, you know, statements and beliefs systems we had had for a very long time. And the truth also is that in that season, you people can easily generalize 2020 was such a terrible year. 2020 was such a destructive year. And there are some who became wealthy only because of 2020. And there are some who became millionaires or billionaires because of 2020. There are some who found Christ because of 2020. There are some who got, so you cannot make certain. That is why I'm saying that grace goes way above. Goes way above. In Romans 9, the Bible says in verse 10, to 13. This son was our ancestor Isaac. When he married Rebekah, she gave birth to twins. But before they were born, before they were born, before they had done anything good or bad, she received a message from God. So it wasn't because Esau came and had red hair and Jacob came and had, no. It wasn't because Jacob came and he looked like this is the intelligent one. And Esau, it's not because Esau became a bad person or did not value spiritual things, but Jacob was, it's not, no. See, before they had done good or bad, I said grace is pure. It's not the good or bad. It's not the strong or weak. It's not, it is above that. Before they were born. Verse 12 says that, he calls people, but not according to their good or bad works. She was told, your older son will serve your younger son. In the words of the scriptures, I love Jacob, but I rejected Esau. He calls people, but not according to their good or bad works. That is why a Christian must totally depend on the grace of God. Because sometimes what we regard as good works, God despises. And sometimes what we are looking down on as bad works, God is very indifferent to it. And God does not use it to judge people. Yeah. Because when we read scripture, as human as we are, there are certain things that would not have been the way they are in scripture. There's no way David should be king. No, no, no. Hey, I'm a serial womanizer. You know, it's not even like you negotiate or he takes by force. It is not because of our good or bad. The scripture is trying to teach us that 
we should stop. How many of us have been trying? We are struggling with certain sins. We are struggling with certain addictions. We stop for 21 days, then we start. We stop for six days, then, you know, sometimes we stop for 45 minutes. But it's because we are trying to use an ability we don't have instead of depending on a grace that is there for us. If you have a child who starts walking, and especially they start enjoying the walking, and you take them maybe to the shops or to town, and you want to put them either in their stroller or carry them, they're like, no, 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 because they just like the walking, you know? But then they walk, 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 and they realize that today the walk is a, they're at a point. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes it's like, I can do this. I can balance this. I can work this out. I've got a plan. I've understood. And the problem is also is because even we as Christians, as pastors, as leaders, as whatever, you know, sometimes based on our experience, our work, our revelation, we can easily box grace up. We can easily box grace up that, you know, as I was growing, as I became a minister, daily two hours prayer, daily two hours prayer. Yes, midnight prayer, midnight prayer, weekly communion, daily. The, the, so now we have defined it. You want the grace and the manifestation of God in your life? Two hour prayer. One week communion, 35 days of 21 days. The two are not, we cannot be joined together. One is being done because we have grace. We are able to pray for hours because we have grace. We are able to fast. We are able to overcome sin because we have grace. The reason why we pray and ask God for grace, the reason why we, we, we find grace, the re reason why grace finds us is because it is something that is there, but you need to tap into it to use it. You can't manufacture it. You can access it. That is why sometimes we, we interchange, and the things that are important, we make them trivial, and the things that we should trivialize, we make them important. There used to be a season, they don't do one. You find that Christians, depending on what church they go to, do, might have the chest tiga and the local, um, addicted to Christ. Um, Jesus is the savior of the world. Um, what, uh, what's the, um, not by might, not by power. <laughs> yeah, the blood. Then they'll show blood coming out that. God, grace is not an action based on what man regards as good or bad. Grace is not an action based on what man regards as good or bad. Grace is solely the work of God. Grace is solely the work of God. The more advanced we become, the more we prosper, the more grace is minimized. The more grace is minimized the more grace is minimized. You know, when you go to certain parts of the world and you see people living and being able to pay their bills, I don't know how many of you have gone on holidays to, I don't know, maybe some 
the Caribbean, so you've gone to Africa, or you've gone to some nice place that you've enjoyed your two weeks and come back totally broke. Every penny you took you spent. You are sitting on the plane and wondering how do these people live every day of their lives? Considering maybe even the average salary in the place. Yeah. You know, sometimes, I say when I go and visit my sister, when she goes to buy maybe petrol, then she has to go, choo, 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 choo. and that is, maybe it's only 10 a.m. Then we just stand there, and then she's getting, choo, choo, choo. so I say, hey, so do you always have a bundle of this in your car? I say, me, I don't carry money like that. But you see that they depend, not because they have it, but they trust God. But here, if I don't have money, I'll just take on a few more hours. If my job is not enough, I'll change jobs. Because I've told you that it doesn't matter how much you earn, there will always be more need. There will all, you wait. Some of you, when you start earning 100,000, 200,000, you come to realize that when you were earning 20,000, actually you were saving a little bit more. Grace is unrelated to anything that grace will ac accomplish. So when something is done, when you are able to achieve, when you are able to become, when you are able to, you understand, do not let it become that, oh, this is all grace can do. Do you understand? Or this is where grace is at. Grace stands all by itself, stands alone. You know, grace can bring salvation, it can bring healing, it can bring breakthrough, it can bring, you know, but let us not minimize it, let us not box it in. Romans 9, 11, the Bible says, and her babies were still, you know, I'm reading this verse from the Message Bible, it says that, and her babies were still innocent in the womb, incapable of good or bad. I'm reading the message. It says, she received a special assurance from God. What God did in this case made, made it perfectly plain that his purpose is not a hit or miss thing, dependent on what we do or don't do, but a sure thing determined by his decision. May you find rest. God is not doing hit and miss. It's not uh, hopefully to work, maybe to balance. To, no. That is what creates so much anxiety in us. If I lose my job, what will I do? If I do, what will I do? What is that? If I don't get my what will happen? If my children don't do well, what am I? You realize that every process that we know, somebody tried it and it didn't work. So the fact that it worked for you, that will make it, turn it into a, you know, a doctrine or something. Grace is unprompted by man. Grace is unprompted by man. Grace is unprompted by man. Okay, God, grace must come now, please. You know, this one, you know. When um, Moses was pleading with God that, you know, let your presence go with that. Exodus 33, verse 19, the Bible says that, and God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. Because Moses said, if you are not going with us, we are not going. And God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, 
before you. For I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will show mercy and loving kindness on whom I will show mercy and loving kindness. I'll be gracious. That's why sometimes the elder brothers, they get confused. The prodigal son, why are they giving him a big ring? Why have they brought him sandals? Why have they killed the fatted cow? He have been working, 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 working. When he went, he went to eat with pigs and, you know, chasing prostitutes and things. Look how rude it was to you, daddy. Did you see what he did? You, can you imagine? Yeah, you could have gone bankrupt. He took all your, look. And, and, and the father said, baby, you're always here. Everything here is yours. And that is how sometimes we devalue. Yes. Yes. Sinners sometimes even value grace more than saints. You know, Elijah got a bit arrogant. Didn't realize that grace is what had called him. Grace is what had made him a prophet. Grace is what had made him able to do all the things that he was doing. It was just grace. And that's why we need to remind ourselves, because do you know that when you do something repeatedly, you become good at it? First Kings 19, verse 18, the Bible says, but what is... God's reply to him. So after he was mourning, there's nobody else. And God told him, I have kept for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to bow. So Romans 11 talks about it in verse 4 to 6. It says that, and do you remember God's reply to Elijah? He said, no, I have 7,000 others who have never bowed down to bow. It is the same today. For a few of the people of Israel have remained faithful because of God's grace, his undeserved kindness in choosing them. A few have remained faithful because of God's grace, his undeserved kindness in choosing them. When grace makes you succeed, don't let the success overtake you. And don't let it also isolate you. It is a level of arrogance to assume that nobody else can do what you are doing. Nobody else can become what you have become. It's grace that has chosen you. And it's grace that can choose somebody else. You see, if we appreciate grace as a Christian, there is nobody you will see that you won't talk to about Christ. Because grace is not selective. You can't decide that this man is a, a homeless person. There's no way salvation can penetrate to him. It is not true. It is not true. You can't say that this my relative is far gone. This my neighbor's, you know. I didn't even realize that. Minister Sheila, did you know that people actually grow, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, weed in their homes? It's not a joke. I knew they used to do it in factories and uh, commercial, uh, what do you call them? Um, industrial areas. Yeah, you know, when I used to work somewhere, we had some industrial block. And one day, 
the police walked into our office and they said they wanted access to uh, this industrial door number. And it was like, we have to go and open it or they are breaking it. They had warrant. And I checked on the, this and I realized that this particular people who came to lease the place have been one of the best tenants on the planet. They pay like a year in advance. You never had to interact with them. You never have to come into contact with them. You don't have to chase anything. You don't have to write to them. You don't have to even go and, oh. When they broke their door, hey, lights and all kinds. I mean, it was a whole establishment. And the name of the company was something, something Construction Limited. But sometimes you can find individuals who are also maybe, you can have a neighbor that irritates you. Sometimes just by opening your window, you, you just get high. Grace can still find them. God's goodness is still available for them. But it's dependent on you and I. What are we using our grace for? The grace that was given to us, the grace that we have experienced. How are we showing it to others? How are we exposing others to it? Listen, if you come to a room where there's a lot of cooking going on, frying, chicken frying, garlic frying, you cannot leave the room without smelling like garlic, without smelling like chicken. There is no way if you sprinkle grace on your street, sprinkle grace in your community, there is no way it will not stick on people. There is no way they will not smell of it. Let's not become selfish and let's not try and manipulate it and let's not think that we have a control over it. We do not. We do not. We do not. You see, when you understand grace, that is what will let you calm down and not be so worked up. This girl, she used to sleep with everybody. Look at the nice husband she's got. This girl, she was a saint. Nobody has even touched her leg. Sometimes people get confused. This one has done 32 abortions. Now she has four children. Doesn't make sense. But it's because we think we are in charge of it and we share it. You know when scripture says that he humbles the proud and gives grace to the humble. You know when we look at it, we are thinking that, yeah, those proud people. What even we regard as pride is not what God regards as pride. And what we are so overwhelmed and say, oh, this is a humble person. It's not what God regards as humble. Some people's humility is tested by pounds, telling. Tell somebody you cannot contribute or assist grace. You know why? Because sometimes we will exaggerate our contribution to it. <laughs> we will exaggerate our assistance. And depending on our position, do you understand? Maybe if I'm a king, I could contribute 2,000 pounds. If I'm a queen, 1,000 pounds. You know? If I'm a subject, maybe 500. If I'm a beggar, 1p. 
And then you might think that, well, I contributed 2,000, so rewards. And then the one who threw the one pay. In fact, our effort contributing to grace is an insult to God. It's an affront to God. You know, thank you for a wonderful party. How much um, can I give to help for the organization of this party? It was awesome. So that to help you with the cost of organizing. Yeah, do you want to put a bowl here so that we can drop our... <laughs> God will be like, it cost me my son's life. You, you want to contribute? It was blood, blood. There's an American Secretary of State. He's made a statement, and I think it's interesting. He's called Dean Acheson. I think he was the Secretary of State in the early 50s, 1950s. And he said, the first requirement of a statesman is that he be dull, and this is not always easy to achieve. The first requirement of a statesman is that he be dull, and this is not easy to achieve. We are all diplomats for Christ. We are all ambassadors. We are all statesmen. And he's saying that, don't do this. When he's saying dull, it means that you don't engage yourself in it. You just take what is being given from the kingdom, and then you do, you speak. Have you seen how statesmen are? Have you seen how, I'm a, they, they can't even shift. They don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, no. But sometimes we rather, we behave like. And he's saying that the first comment that you have to have a certain level of dullness. When he's talking about dullness, you know when scripture says that except a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides. It's like there must be some flesh death. The flesh must become dull a bit. The flesh must weaken a bit so that we can see the manifestation of grace. If I don't dress a certain way, nobody will like me. If I don't show myself a certain way, I can't go far. If I, you see, some of us, the places we work, we have to change our attitude. You know, because sometimes it's like, hey, I have to get to the front. I have to become this. I have to be. I am here to tell you that sometimes you just need to step back. And give off your best. And when the people are running to try racing to the top, God is the one who can take somebody from the back and bring them to the front. He said, when you go into a banquet, you know, sit at the back. And then they will come and invite you to the front. I pray that I'm helping somebody. Yes. It's too much. That's why we wear out. That's why we give up. That's why we get fed up. This Christianity is some... Because you are trying to do your Christianity by yourself. You are trying to manipulate it to work in a certain way. And the things that are important, it says that seek the kingdom of God first and everything else will be added. It is for your daily life. Seek the kingdom of God first. You wake up in the morning, you seek the kingdom of God first. You get an opportunity, you seek the kingdom of God first. In your finances, you seek the kingdom of God first. One of the things I realized earlier on as a young pastor is that 
you have a large category of people who even in their giving, they prefer the one that will show off. Special donation, thousand, then they'll come and take envelope. But they don't tithe. They don't give offering. But they want people to see that they have a couple of thousands. And some of them, when they take the envelope too, they never bring it back. May flesh become dull. May flesh become dull. May flesh become dull. Look at some of the babies who found favor. Samuel was in the temple. Says that as he was going, what did he find? Found favor with God and with men. The young boy, Samuel. But the sons of the priests were there. When someone found favor, he hadn't become a prophet. In fact, he didn't even, the voice of God, he wasn't even able to identify it. But he found favor. When Ruth went to the fields, she asked Boaz, why have I found favor? I'm a foreigner. Why have I found favor? I don't qualify. In fact, there are so many troubles. And Boaz gave the people instruction. Give her some of the best. Give her as much as she wants. Give her every time she comes. You can't manufacture what grace can do. By Luke 2, scripture says that Jesus increased in wisdom. And he also increased in favor with God and with men. Nobody knew him as God then. Nobody treated him as God then. Yeah, this was Mary's son was just walking around and, you know, playing whatever game they played in that season. Do you know that every generation, the games they play? <laughs> and every generation and the children's movies, they watch. Those of us who have children under a certain age, please, I'm begging you, I'm kneeling. Before you turn your TV on for your child to start watching the cartoons and things, can you yourself watch it and see whether it's appropriate for your child? I'm begging. I am begging. I am begging. I remember what I said, that a day and a day and a day and a day and a day adds up to your child's 10th birthday. And a day and a day and a day. It will be worth you spending the 30 minutes to check what your child... Otherwise, your child will be five or six and come and tell mommy, I think I'm gender neutral. Christians, let us stop the things that we should take serious, we don't. And we think it's the world people. It's not the world people. We are all in this world. We are not of the world, but we are in it. Yeah. Be really careful. Be really, some of us, we have teenage children. We see them playing uh, video games. Those video games, in between the games, adverts come. Do you know the adverts that come? Because sometimes it is more difficult to correct things when you can prevent them. You know, I, now I have a certain level of respect for my mother and I say thank you to her, even though at that time, I thought this was one mean woman. Yeah. Small party, you won't let us go. Small, small. We're going to the beach. Small. She wanted to go. 
In fact, she will let you go, but the time you're leaving is about 20 minutes to the time you have to come back. <laughs> Mommy, the party starts at 6. Oh, okay, okay. Just make sure by 6.30 you're home. The, the distance is also 30 minutes. It is only when you get older that you rest. You see, that is why we must be flexible and malleable and let grace do its work and not try and help it. Yeah, because remember when we started talking about grace, I told you that grace brings, grace takes, grace prevents, grace withholds. Allow it. Allow it. Yeah. Teenagers and all the young adults, you are feeling lonely. It's grace. It's grace. Some people have company. Let's not go there. So. I just want to. And that is why we will be miserable and crying and sad because we think that it shouldn't be working this way. We think that this is not how it's supposed to be. Yeah. But I wanted to tell you that as a child of God, this is how it's supposed to be. Scripture says that he works all things together for our good. Which means that this lonely part is working for my good. This dull, boring season of my life is working for my good. You know, one of the days I was telling my daughter, we're having a conversation. And I was telling her, you know, we're having some discussions about uni and high school and things. And I told her, I said, listen, one of the greatest blessings I had was the fact that when I was a teenager, I was flat-chested. I said, if we get nervous over certain conversation, <laughs> I saw somebody at the back there going like, yes, yes. Because the teenagers who had bloomed quickly were also touched quickly. Oh, you put what? <laughs> Why, why are you people so... <laughs> Listen. Yeah. You know, they were, they were attractive. Young men always were drawn towards them. Even though they were 14, they looked like they were 18 or 21. So they were sexualized early. And I looked like a baby. And it was the hand of God upon me. But I also remember that in those times, my, my flat-chested colleagues would try and put things there so that it will appear. <laughs> but you see, as the years went on, we realized that there was a reason. You see, because my natural self is quite fearless, my natural self. So God knows. God knows why your breakthrough hasn't come just yet. God knows that why that prayer in particular hasn't been answered just yet. But don't go give up. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. 
One day God will give you a wonderful husband. Oh, let me tell you, I have a very nice marriage. I do, I do. It's, you know, you know sometimes people, who, especially pastors, we really like to fake it. Mr. and Mrs. Honey, come. Honey, come. Then we help them up this. Reverend doesn't need to help me up the stage. The relationship is real. Yes. But I attribute it to the grace of God. I do. I attribute it to the grace of God. What are you struggling with now? What are you lacking in your life now? What are you fed up with now? Sometimes you say, I don't have any friends. People don't like me. I'm not, you know, I'm not one of the popular people. What a blessing it is that you are not one of the popular people. That is your deliverance. That is your deliverance. Listen, as for beauty, when you go to Tesco, you can buy some. When you go to Boots, you can buy some. If you find a hairdresser, you can buy some. If, oh. If you go to Primark, you can buy some. When you get a bit of money, you go to Harvey Nichols, you can, whatever. Listen, the same hair, whether it's plastic, synthetic, Peruvian, is hair. So, yeah. And it goes for the brothers too. Hey, you go and tell this one, I like you, say no. You tell this one, I like you, say no. You tell this one, hey. Oh, wow. You even saw a brother, you saw a brother telling a sister he likes her, and then you watch how it was done. So you went to try exactly the same, said no. One day when you are married and you look at your wife, you will know why God kept delaying you. God kept, the, the, the scripture says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. It was part of the grace. <laughs> Pastor, <don't> be careful. <laughs> Am I helping somebody? Just for a few minutes, let's look at the power of grace. May grace remain pure on your life. Never dilute the grace of God. The power of grace. The rest of the year, we are going to walk in that power. Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to read from the message Bible, but you can put the NLT on the screen. It says that I greet you with the grace and peace poured into our lives by God our Father, and our master, Jesus Christ. How blessed is God. We're going to pull out all the things that grace does. The power that and the ability that grace has. Say how blessed is God and what a blessing he is. He is the father of our master, Jesus Christ. And takes us to the high places of blessing in him. So what the scripture is saying, that that grace that is poured on us, it just doesn't take us to the place of blessing. It takes us to the higher places of blessing. Which means that the kind of blessing grace gives is a higher. Under huh. atheists who are blessed. <laughs> yeah. Under really evil people who are blessed. 
uh, what Epstein, what's that guy, the American guy, is it, what's he called? That Bill Gates. Look, look at Bill Gates. Some of us, we have admired him. We used him as our poster, as our screensaver. He was for many decades the richest man in the world, isn't he? And as the days and the weeks go on, everything is unraveling. It's unraveling. But we were all looking at him. When we want to talk about wealth, when we use Bill Gates, when we want to talk about prosperity, we use somebody who has a great breakthrough, then we use, but there's a higher blessing. There's a higher blessing. He says that the blessings of God, they make rich and they add no sorrow. When, when, when you, 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 you are content with what you have, when you are content with where you are, it's a higher blessing. Because that comedian who did uh, Doubtfire, Mrs. Doubtfire, he jumped and committed suicide. And yet he caused so many of us to laugh. It was one of my favorite movies. I could watch it over and over and over and over. Not knowing all the jokes he was cracking and the way he seemed, he was a totally depressed person. There's a higher blessing. There's a higher blessing. It will make you not be envious. Long before he laid down Earth's foundation, he had us in mind and had settled on us as the focus of his love. I don't know what anybody has told you, but God has you on his mind. That's the power of grace. God has you on his mind. God, I may not be thinking about you. Your neighbor may not be thinking about you. Your siblings may not even be thinking about you, but God has you on his mind. Do you know what it means when somebody has you on his mind? That means they are thinking about you. They are planning. You know, when they see something nice, you come into, you know, when they think of something good, you come, you're on their mind. When they want to give something, you, you are one of the people, you know, you are there. I assume and I hope that I am on my husband's mind. So when he sees a nice dress, I come to mind. When he feels like blessing somebody, I come to mind. Yesterday, we, you know, yesterday, Saturday morning, just for a few hours, we managed to have the house to ourselves. Just for a few hours. You would think that when your children, you would think that when your children are going and they say they have gone, they have gone. They haven't gone. They haven't gone. They just go around the corner and they come right back in. You wake up in the morning, one is there. You go to bed, one is there. You are sleeping, one is knocking on the door. I say, where, where are you? But, yeah. but we had a nice breakfast. And I had breakfast in bed. And it was a very specific breakfast. And so I took a picture of it and I sent it to my daughter. And she was like, you waited for me to leave. You, you waited for me to leave and then you... I said, you to one day when you marry, your husband, God willing, will organize breakfast for you. <laughs> one, 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 one. That is one of the signs. Do you have your spouse on your mind? Do you have your children on your mind? Do you have souls on your mind? Do you have the salvation of people on your mind? What is on your mind? 
You think about it just for a second. What is on your mind? All you're thinking about is troubles and issues. No, even Sunday we have come to church, you are thinking tomorrow work is going to be. God has you on his mind. God has you on his mind. You are the focus of his love. You are the focus, our year of focus. Yeah. God's focus is on you year in, year out. Verse 5 says that long, long ago, he decided to adapt us into his family. Before you decided whether you'll be saved or not, God, long, long ago, he adopted you into his family. You are part of God's family. Even if you are in the church and I don't like you, it doesn't matter. God likes you. Yeah. If I don't want to bring you into my inner circle, you are inside God's inner circle. Verse 6, he wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift, the King James, of his glorious grace. We are partakers of the celebration of grace. We are partakers. Ah. Yes. Verse 7. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we are free people, free of penalties and punishments, chalked up by all our misdeeds. How many of us have some misdeeds? Have been through some misdeeds? <laughs> Going through some misdeeds? <laughs> and he says that, and not just barely free either, abundantly free. So the first thing is that we are free. Grace brings freedom. And it just doesn't bring a little freedom. It says we are abundantly free. We are abundantly free. It's not that we just made it. No, 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 no. We didn't earn it. We couldn't have bought our freedom. But grace has bought our freedom. Grace has bought our freedom. Grace has brought our freedom because of his grace, because of his kindness. Grace has brought our freedom. Do you have verse 9? Put verse 9 there. Let's finish and go. Letting us in on the plans he took such delight in making, he set it all out before us in Christ. Oh, give us the NLT. God has now revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ, a plan to fulfill his own good pleasure, verse 10. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Did we read verse 8? He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. If you've gone to a real Nigeria wedding, I know some African countries have started doing it, but they don't have the level. When you go to a real Nigeria wedding or engagement, they shower you with money. 
they shower, they shower, they shower you. They shower. I mean, they shower. And depending on the category or class of, um, yeah, some people use um, <laughs> pound coins. <laughs> <laughs> David, two of us. Some people to use 50 pound notes and 20 pound notes. Yeah, they sprinkle it. They sprinkle it. They sprinkle. Yeah, they shower, 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 shower. Oh, they have a machine that sprays the money. May God shower his kindness upon you. Hmm. Hmm. Let me read the verse I want to read in the message, verse 11. It says that it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Grace will let you discover who you are. Grace will let you discover purpose. Grace will let you discover what you are. Do you know that when you become aimless, it's more depressing and frustrating? When you don't know your purpose on this life, when you don't know what am I here for, what am I supposed to achieve, what would I do that would mean that this is it? Grace will expose it to you. Grace will let you know who you are. People may say all kinds of things. You are dense. You are not clever. You are not beautiful. You are too tall. You are too short. You are not nice. You are not this. But grace will let you know who you are. And grace will let you know what you are here for. Ha! Huh. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eyes on us, had designs on us for glorious living. He had already planned. And the verse 12 says that part of the overall purpose is that he's working out in everything and in everyone. He's working things out. He's working things out for your good. He's working things out for your good. He's working things out. He's working in everything. It means that he's working in my health. He's working in my marriage. He's working in my home. He's working in my finances. He's working in my growth. He's working in everything. And it's not just me. He's working in everyone. He's working in everyone. Don't be jealous of somebody. Don't focus on somebody else. Don't focus. That's why Hebrews tells us that we should fix our eyes on Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith.